While Beauty Lab and Laser is a professionally licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. This is Heather Gay. I'm one of the owners of Beauty Lab and the co-host of this podcast, Live Love Lab. And you're joined by Dre. And see, I I was so focused on livening my part up, and I am joined by my better half. <laughs> no, equal half. This little mop it around my skirt. <laughs> I'm Dre. No one puts Dre in the corner. Dre hit it. Um, well, you have like three or four more episodes until we have to have our new intro. This The pressure's on, Heather. Six, episode 69. Yeah. Well, I feel like my headphones are not plugged in, are they? Let me just maybe yeah they are okay well i mean she says it with such confidence but right before we started this podcast as we put our headphones on there were crickets <laughs> just chirping just quiet she's like do you hear squeaking well like, i was just gonna say yeah, just the background noise of crickets squeaking yes i feel like the last five minutes has been like a lot of emotional trauma because there was a moment that we thought there might be a mouse family living in our podcast yeah, it was equipment terrifying and we I thought they've find... chewed through the wires, yet their sound <laughs> remains. Are they working now? Yeah, they're okay. way better. What okay. did you do different? I switched the cord. See? Um, See? <laughs> and then you just dropped on me like five seconds before we started recording that Father of the Bride came out 30 years ago. 30 I years ago. I am shook. And Kimberly Williams married Brad Paisley. Wait, What? That's, I mean, that's who the bride was, right? Yes. What was Brad her name? Paisley, the, the... The country music star. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh my they, gosh, this is it's, amazing. She's Kimberly Williams Paisley now, I think. Oh. What was her name on the show? Um, I don't remember. My Annie. 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 Oh, with the curls. Oh, no. Four weeks. That's not more me so much. It's cake is... <laughs> You know, I'm drinking. Yes. I'm, so I'm embarrassed now. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. It's such a good movie. And It'll I feel be close, old. but we can do it. I feel so old. I know. I don't remember being a preteen watching that. Yeah. I don't remember either. being four years old and watching Father <laughs> the Bride. That's weird. I don't even know how my we were so hand young. could have reached the television knobs. <gasps> Why were our parents allowing us to watch that? Um, I have had been having moments of. Uh, nostalgia for what our children will never know and understand. It used to be like yeah. CD liner notes, you know, Completely. and like mm-hmm. the whole ritual of vinyl and music, but vinyl's coming back, yeah. right? Yeah. Not coming back to those. I mean, Don't cancel me. I know it's never gone away. So like are all tapes, the... though. Cassette tapes are coming back. Isn't really? that wild? Yeah. Cassette tapes are kind of a pain. Uh, they're a huge pain. Yeah, and there's too much mechanics. Yeah. But um, the portfolio of pictures in your wallet. Oh, yeah. Our kids will never know, like... Oh, my gosh. Think of those little, like, yeah, these are... Yeah, I had the stupid... Yeah, with, like and I'd have all my friends, pictures. Pictures of your friends yeah. in your wallet. <laughs> my dad used to, like, carry around, like, yeah, family pictures. Yeah, like a family picture, yeah. Business oh, cards and family pictures in your wallet. They will never know that. I mean, they're obsolete because we have phones. Well, we have... I mean, they will never really even know, like, rushing to see how many times you got pictured in the yearbook. Yeah, Totally. And it was always like a grainy, blurred, mm-hmm. pixelated, like tiny head amongst a sea of 70. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you were just like, it was like a thrill oh, because we didn't, completely. we weren't inundated with photos of ourselves all the time. Yeah. 
So a little Aww. bit of nostalgia for the wallet pick portfolio. Oh, that's a good memory. I like it. Yeah. Well, we made it through Christmas. How'd you do? I, we, Santa did well this Christmas. I feel like we nailed it. Good. We really, the girls were just like, you know, Christmas. I think it was hard to do the policy we have, like with the gifts when they were little, because you just wanted to buy them everything. Sure. And now I'm so glad that we've carried on because it's now a tradition. Because you do the something. We do something you want, Mm -hmm. something you need, something to wear. And something to read. And they can ask for those things like a year in advance. They okay. get to pick. Okay. Something, and they can justify it however they want. Like Ashley got like two pairs of sunglasses, like a ring, a pair of sunglasses, and some shoes, which are all technically like wear things. Sure. But one of them she needed. Okay. One of them she wanted. And one of them she wears. Okay. You know? And okay. then the fourth was a book, but um, a cute little book called Life Hacks. Aww. Um, So... What I love about that is like they can give me their gifts way in advance there uh-huh. has to, and then I can wrap them and there's so much more anticipation because they, there's no unmet expectation. You know what I mean? They just anticipate knowing what it is. They want it more. They see it. They kind of covet it like the whole David yes. with Potiphar's wife. Yes. They see it every day. They want to open it <laughs> and it builds and is, is just great. But then Santa gets to surprise them with like two or three big gifts. Yeah. And so it always takes the pressure off me because I've already gotten them what they wanted. Yeah. And you already know. And yeah. and they know and I know and it doesn't ruin the surprise. But then I get to come in with like, I got Georgia these uh, Jordans that she did not think she was going to get because she yeah. asked for her fancy shoes on her list. So she didn't think that oh, I would like double down. Okay. But Santa can do what Santa wants to Santa do. Santa can do whatever he wants. Call me Santa, baby. So yeah, I surprised them with some like fun things that they weren't expecting. Aww. Just like little great luxury items that were fun. Yeah. Exciting to open under the tree and it just exceeded their expectations. So Christmas was great for all. How about you? It was good. Yeah, it was good. There was a lot of, it was kind of weird this year just because there was some back and forth with the kids. We still haven't like totally ironed out how to do this like co-parenting Christmas thing. Did you co-parent at all last Christmas? Like you didn't go to festivities together? We didn't go to festivities. We kind of did the same thing that we did this year. Like we did some stuff together and then some stuff separately. And I mean, all things considered, it was great. It really went well. Um, But it I think next year I'm like I want a little bit less back and forth because it's just you know driving and dropping off and it feels like and it's always anxious and tension and it's just un- yeah. unloaded and drop off yeah you know? it's like- yeah yeah so but other I mean other than that it was great I got to spend some time with my family um like my mom and my siblings and then my dad and my siblings and my step family and it was good you know just all the all the family things all the family things. Were did you have to was everybody like resigned and accepting that you were divorced now? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it I wasn't think everybody's like still used a, to it now. Yeah. It's crazy how quickly I know. people adapt. Huh? I know. It's so interesting. I know. And it's you know, it can be tricky I think in families especially religious families with, you know, cultural history of um, you know, forever families and yeah. stuff, you know. And it is it's so funny because I noticed this year, like, the people that I'm drawn to at family events, like, it seems to be all the same people every time. You know what I mean? Like, because there's a like lot of us. your one favorite cousin. Yeah. Like, and they're, exactly. And there's, like, there are a lot of us. And I was, like, thinking about that the other day. Like, what is it about that certain person that I, why I'm always drawn to her or why I always want to talk to him or why, like, why do I have the best conversations with them out of all people? Because there's so many of us. And 
what does it come down to? It actually made me think of our podcast that we did forever ago um, on like birds of a feather. And, you know, are we drawn to the people that are like us or are we drawn to the people who are opposite? Is it an opposite attraction? I think it just depends. But yeah. I just am noticing, <clears throat> excuse me, in my own life, like I, I'm drawn to people who kind of have the same values as me lately. I feel like my circle's gotten small and do you feel like your circle's gotten smaller? Yes. Yes. So you did yeah. less things with friends this year? Totally. And I think a lot of that is because of the pandemic for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've all had to kind of limit, I mean, whether we want to or not, like things have been limited. There's not as many things going on and everyone's being responsible. Yeah. And- yeah. And I do, I notice like, okay, like there was a one friend in particular that I was thinking of like, oh, I really haven't like talked to him or seen him for a long time. And like, why am I not feeling like I want to? And then I felt guilty. And I I don't know, like, I don't think I should feel guilty. Because sometimes friendships, it's okay for, for things to ebb and flow a little bit. And it's okay. So what were some of the reasons why you haven't, you think you haven't hung out? Um, I mean, like you're saying your values didn't align. Like what would be an example? I mean, yeah, the short answer is that it's a it's a total values issue. Like he is someone who I mean, we're not really aligned at all politically. We're not aligned at all religiously. But bigger than that is like truly our values, the things that we think are important. Like I noticed that he like doesn't say very nice things about women. And I don't think that it's because he's a bad person. I think that he just says bad things about women I just don't think he maybe values women the way that I think women should be valued does that make sense well yeah and I think you're being kind you know obviously but it's like that if you hang out it's kind of like at what point do you decide it's my job to take a stand and train this person to be more politically correct or more self-aware or to evolve in how he feels about women or do I just sit this one out and say you know what? I have enough going on in my own life. It's not I don't have the energy to train you as my friend to value me more or value women more, or value the women in your life more. Yeah, well, I think that's the tricky thing about values is that they're kind of in our core, right? Like we value what we value because of who we are as people. And it's I mean, for example, at family Christmas dinner Somebody in my family who's older said something that was inappropriate that you just don't say anymore. And for her age group, it was totally normal to say. What was it? She said the R word. Okay. Okay. And referring to someone's mental handicap. Correct. Got yeah. it. And um, I like kindly corrected. What said, did you say? I just said, oh, we don't say that word anymore, actually. Um, they're, you know, disabled or have this particular you know, thing that they were born with or whatever. And they, I mean, immediately corrected. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that again, this person is older. wasn't a part of generation. And, but do you know what? The value is that that person didn't want to hurt anybody. That is still that person's value. Even though they said a thing that could be seen as offensive, that was easy to correct because that person has the values of wanting to value that group of people. And a value is hard to change, but a, a behavior is easy to change, right? I don't know. I'm 
Well, like, I'm just thinking of the young women values because I'm like, faith, these are the young women, faith, divine nature, individual worth, knowledge, choice, and accountability. And like, I'm thinking, how good does this relate to if we like you, good works, integrity, and virtue, mm-hmm. they added, purity, culture. But um, <laughs> what, like, if you were to say, hey, don't say, we don't say that about women anymore, you know, or we don't make fun of fat women in bikinis anymore. Uh-huh. What would your intolerant friend say? That doesn't Total have your same back. value. Total pushback. I don't want to see that on a beach. I literally have had this conversation. So the difference is in like if whether you can have impact on the people that because right. I don't believe that values can't change. I think that I don't think you're born a misogynist. Your no. mother, you love your mother. I don't think you're born thinking women should look like Barbie dolls. Those are cultured bad traits of, right. of men. Right. You know. Right. right. Yeah. And or you're not, you know. I don't know. But I mean, like, yeah, I do think that values can change too. But I think that, like, the only times that my values have changed was when I experienced it and went through it and made a change myself because of my own life. It's not that somebody told me, you know, oh, you should value this. It's not like I was like, okay, I'll, it's like the the things that are big in my life that I've changed my opinion on or I've changed my mind about have been, have come from me and my own life experiences. But someone had to guide you and mentor you to get there. Sure, sure. Because like I'm a woman and I've like barely learned how to be a feminist. Like I've just never even occurred to me. I see what you're saying. And now like now things that would have washed over me years ago or that I would have like been mean about, you know, like, yeah. Oh, why do you like I used to like criticize my friend when she wouldn't jump up when her husband came home from work and like we just sit there in a messy house, messy kitchen. I'd be like, like your job is to have the house like nice and clean when he comes home from his hard days of work. Like I can't get over that. That's, yeah. And I've learned I've adapted to just like not criticize her and not assume that that's her job. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, like, yes, yes. But I was I gave her pushback for years. Mm hmm. On what her wifely duties were. And did she gently guide you to... She just showed me a different way. Yeah. And I had to, you know, evolve. I So, okay. so She this, didn't kick me out for thinking that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, this goes right back to my point of like, should I feel guilty for taking a step back from the friendship? I still totally want to be friends with this person. I love this person. But right now, it's too hard because our values are not in line. But like... What if I stuck around and tried to lead by example and, you know, have the hard conversations and, you know, make my opinion be known? I feel like I did do that quite a bit with a lot of pushback and not really no any change. Yeah. yeah, no, none of that. And so, but I mean, you just saying that, like that your friend just showed you a different way. Like, what if I stuck around and stuck with the friendship and hung out all the time and led by example? You know, is that the better way? I don't know. I don't know. Because I think that we, I mean, I think that there's, it's just, there's, it's so relative because there's certain things that we should be absolutely intolerant of, mm-hmm. but our barom, everyone's temperature is a little bit different, you know? And like, I think it's kind of the concept of cancel culture. Like we are so used to having people agree with us, like with social media, the algorithms that was, what's in our feed, our followers, all are our fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everyone 100%. thinks the same way. Yes. And like Instagram shows us the clothes we already like. Like I don't have to discern anymore. I don't even have to ask myself, like, it's like, how much do I like this? Like, there's very rarely an ad that is in my feed that does not absolutely line up with my spending habits, my 
tastes, my humor, mm-hmm. and my style. And yeah. that's kind of intuitive. You know what I mean? Completely. So now it's just me saying like, good, better, best. And if that type of selection and, you know, that type of, I guess, elite experience is available to us just with our phones, like we probably are going to demand it of our social circles too. Like it's not just like I have to sift through the shitty to get to the okay, tolerable. And then I get to be with my true friends, you know, on rare occasions. Now it's like we're kind of eliminating those things from our lives. Right. Right. Things that great, things that don't align with us, things that make it hard. You know, we either cancel them completely or we just say, you know, not worth my time to take a stand. I'm going to sit it out. Right. Which is why I think there's been a good collective consciousness, but it's almost like, you know, where everyone's saying, listen, you can't just sit it out. You have to take a stand with us on big issues, you know, Mm -hmm. like Black Lives Matter and LGBTQIA plus issues and like just equality for humans everywhere we have to take a stand because sitting it out um is what i think created isolation and exclusion and banishment totally i agree i agree so now there are certain things we just can't afford to sit out because i promise you like our grandparents like they don't see nearly as many uh like just images of lifestyles not like their own as we do you know what I mean like we have a world consciousness and I think awareness of diversity that's international which our children never had you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like we never had as children I should say and our parents never had yeah does that make sense yeah absolutely no I agree well and it does make me wonder too like just back to your point of you know, we're, we are really used to having people agree with us. It's what we see in our social media and kind of if it is birds of a feather, we are collecting friends and people around us who think the same way that we do. And that's a slippery slope because are we in danger of just becoming a totally homogenous, you know, then there is no diversity, well, that's, right? That's separate but equal, right? Yeah. I mean, we just stick to people who think like us and do like us. And then it's like these charged polarized communities that eventually, you know, have to agree to disagree right right well and it's just interesting because like you know I don't love conflict I know you don't love conflict either however like I love a good debate with you you mm-hmm. know like because you are a great debater and it's how our girls met That's right true. Debate. In, through debate and like state champions there but there is a difference between a good healthy debate and someone coming at you mm-hmm. you know like and you can kind of tell the difference right like don't you think Yes, I totally do. I think it's in the energy and I think it's in just you have to have a, you know, a base level in the bank account, the Mm -hmm. emotional bank account Mm -hmm. to feel safe, to like ask questions and to press buttons. And I think that you have it's probably variable to it, like the time, you know, because like I wouldn't press you about something. I think we have we are pretty different in a lot of things. You know what we value, don't you think? I think our values are very much in line, but I think um we have differing interests and tastes in a lot of stuff because I don't know like any of like the big stuff. Well, let's take what I would say that exercise is a big part of your life. Yes. It's, I would say it's 25% of your life. Yeah. Would you say? It's a big, yeah, it's a big part of my life. What percentage of my life would you say exercise (laughs) plays? I don't know. Is there, is there a (laughs) 0.001% like how little can I move throughout the day? So, a lot of people, like if they were looking on Tinder, would be like, oh, you know, like the, these two would never hang out. They would never get along. They would never be best friends. Yeah. 
because one never misses a day at the gym and one's like paid for a premium membership at the private gym (laughs) for four years and gone in zero times. You know what I mean? Like right. that would look like we have very different values. Yes, yes. But, but we're in best truth, friends. We're best friends. We see eye to eye on like ninety nine point nine. Yeah. So yeah. what's what's the magic there then? I mean, we don't I agree don't to know. Dis- We don't even agree to disagree because like I could debate it with you forever. You know, it's totally. just like totally. I mean, no, that's a really good point. It's a really good point. Well, debate one. <laughs> Mic drop. But I think you know if. If I were to come in here and say to you, I'm really feeling uncomfortable with um, gay marriage and I don't like it. I think it's wrong. I believe in the Bible, man and woman, family proclamation. You would have a big freaking problem with that, right? Um, well, I would say you're not allowed in, you're not allowed to make hiring decisions. You're not allowed to, you know, I'm going to control the wage increases. I mean, I would just limit your ability to exercise that opinion in my life. But okay. I have people okay. I love and that believe that in my life. We both Absolutely. Do. I know. Well, and I, we eat at their table and we don't cancel them. We don't burn, you know, symbols in their lawn that these guys are of the old school of thought. Totally. You know, and are yeah. not evolved and are clinging to their principles. Yeah. We just simply sidestep those conversations and the edges of those conversations and we don't say or do anything to trigger either one. And that's where the agree to disagree comes in for sure. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you're calling me every day, saying, Are you meeting me at the gym? Are you meeting at the gym? Like at some point I would say, either we're gonna stop being friends or yeah. you're gonna stop texting me, are we meeting at the gym? Because guess what? We're not meeting at the gym. Yes. So every time we go to our parents' house and we're like we're putting a pride flag in the lawn, you know what I mean? Right, right. Where's where do you draw the line? Well because I think I think that is the perfect point though, is that like if we could figure out a way to coexist in a place where, okay, like I'm, and I'm talking about me and my friend. Um, if we could coexist and not talk about women and not have things come up where the automatic response would be, would be something derogatory about women, I could, I, I could make that work. For Except sure. for one tiny problem. What's that? You're a woman. Well, very true. I mean, very truly. True. And so, just so that's like if I were that, gay and my mom were saying like, yeah. "This is more important to me than you." Yes. Then I, I would say, then I choose to not be reminded of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's, like I can come over, but what I think ends up happening is we both try to respect. Like I don't ask you about your workouts every day, and you don't ask me about my lack of them. We just respect that space. Yeah. But because it's something innocuous that doesn't necessarily define us Mm -hmm. we can avoid that and not talk about it but right like if it were gay marriage and I were gay if it were misogyny and I'm a woman I'm not going to debate this with you Jerry right you know I'm not here to debate right this is who I am so your argument is null and void like if we were both saying let's debate you know the color blue that's something objective that doesn't personally affect either of us yeah so how do you think our gay friends make sense of being in a family that is religious, you know, and holds to values that say that the way that they live is inappropriate? I, I can't speak for them. I, what I imagine and what attributes I, you know, equate to them are immense patience and compassion and empathy Mm-hmm. And I think also um, 
like devotion. You yeah. know, I think kids love their parents no matter how reject how yeah. much the parents can reject. Like you could feel deep rejection, you know, if if your mom wanted you to always, you know, be an attorney and sure, you ended up sure. being yeah. a veterinarian. Like there's yeah. ways that we know we've disappointed or not met our parents' dreams or their values, but mm-hmm. I think our friends that are gay that are in high demand religious families that are embraced, but at the core there, no one's willing to walk away from their faith or no longer contribute tithing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are the type of big solidarity moves that I think are huge. But I, yeah. and I think until the, those happen, I think our gay friends are just extending grace yeah. to the people that are unwilling to, you know, look underneath the bed. Yeah. Oh, that's was very well put. Do you think? I yeah. mean, that's. I'm assuming. I'm. I don't know. I, I know gay you, friends, let us know. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I appreciate that. Um, well, one thing that I have to say is I've I've noticed this about you, Heather. Is you do a you have a very diverse circle of friends. Like you are friends with a lot of different people, and have deep, close relationships with with all different types of people. Like single, married, divorced, with kids, no kids, gay, straight, religious, non-religious, Republican, Democrat, like you, and you, I, I really admire that you're, that you have such a diverse um, circle of friends. I think that's I awesome. I think that I can relate to all of them in certain ways, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like I went to dinner with my, I call my um, DMFs, my devout Mormon friends who are, you know, still my very best friends. I know, yeah. And, um... This was a full circle moment. Die. Uh, I have two friends named Die, so this is just Die the devout Mormon. It's not hard to tell them apart because one is devout and one trained me not to be. <laughs> so um, she gave me the devout Mormon Die gave me a present, and it was this hoodie, and on the front of it it said "I'll go if you go," and "I'll go if you go" was basically our friend Amy had just gotten her mission call, and we were hanging out at her house like you know, celebrating with her with an ice water and probably a yeah. chocolate <laughs> shake. Totally. Um, and we are, there's just a moment where Di and I were alone and she looked at me and said, I'll go if you go. And I was like, okay. Or I said it to her. She said, it, I think yeah. she said it to me. So I remember it. And so she gives me this hoodie that she came across and guess who designed the hoodie? Who? Indie blue. Oh, <gasps> It's a lonely ghost hoodie. I just got full chills. I know. And guess what's on the back of the hoodie is, it just says in big print, ways to say I love you. And has like all of these things, like I'll go if you go, or, you know, that meant a lot to me, or how are you feeling? It was just, it was the coolest. I could cry. That is pretty cool. Very, very cool. Very cool. That's so tender. I know. It was a full circle moment. I love it. And I only ghost the church is true indie blue. <laughs> <laughs> and I I do love and appreciate that you have maintained your closest friends through all of your transitions. Like that is hard to do. I didn't do that. And it's it makes me super sad that I didn't. It's still young for me though. It's still young. Like people haven't given up that I'll return to the fold. You know I what know, I mean? It's I still so young that like I'm not an oak in my own uh forest yet you know what I mean I'm not unmovable you find a way to connect to people though and it is astonishing it's very very cool and I think that is what is going to help be able to like that's why you're going to be able to maintain those those friendships are not going anywhere they're not you guys are too connected in too many ways 
but we avoid the topics that could sure. break us. Sure. And that is and that very could wise. become those avoiding those cracks now could yes. become canyons later that you can't avoid without distance. Well, and I think that was you know? part of my big problem is that I was a psycho and like you know angry and needed to scream from the top of every building about how passionately I felt about my new life, you know, and when you left the church. Yeah. And I, I think that it probably, well, not probably, it definitely drove some people away. Yeah. And I, so we have to give credit because if anyone shouted it from like the rooftops, I mean, I went on television saying I'm leaving the church, you know, in a public way that, and in a way that really hurts, I think my friends that are Mormons, because it's like, come on, man, like do what you're going to do. But Show sure, up for us, show sure. up for your kids, show up for your legacy, show up for your faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being loyal, I'm loyal to people that I don't agree with all the time. Why can't I be loyal to the church I'm leaving? Absolutely. Because yes. they're, and it's almost like a kid becoming a teenager. Like there has to be a separation time before I can circle back and be embracing. Uh-huh. Yes. And I'm really yes. trying to walk that line yes. because I'd want to be, because it's hard for me to betray the church. Yeah. It's hard for me to betray my friends because they bring out the Mormon in me. <laughs> I know. Hard, you know, I'm, I it's know. In me. You bring out the Mormon in me, for sure. <laughs> bring out the good side of the Mormons. <laughs> yeah, but we avoid those topics and I'm, um, we avoid them not because I'm not ready to debate, but because we already know each other's arguments yeah. and they are unresolvable. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Well, mad respect to you and and your friends. And our friends that are willing to like, you know, overlook that and still, because I'm sure they think that they are being the magnanimous, you know, as do the friends and family of all of our gay friends, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. they're the magnanimous ones that still keep us on the Christmas card list, you know, that still, you know, invite us to the family parties out of their, their generosity. I don't think they desperately want us to stay in their lives they desperately want us i think to align with their lives yeah you know yeah make it easier on everybody yeah sadly but again then there you know it's the homogeny of it all yeah right you can agree to disagree if it's something that's is something that you could change your opinion on is how i like to look at it okay okay but if i cannot i cannot uh change my opinion on my sexuality you know what I mean right right right. so you can't just agree to disagree on gay marriage but you can but there are certain things that you can sit out of right maybe you could like instead of taking a stand stand choose to sit it out Mm -hmm. I think that I think that that bar has been raised significantly now where you know we all need to be anti-racist we all need to be anti-homophobic we all need to be anti you know misogynist misogynist Mm -hmm. anti-body shaming we all have to do that yeah but and I think we have more grace for people who are learning that slowly absolutely slower than we might be or our sensitivity levels are but yeah I agree otherwise I think we should agree to disagree because we could debate you and I could debate exercise versus non-exercise all day long yeah or we, what are, what's, I mean, we could debate hot toddy or not oh, hot toddy all day. Gag I, me. I stand behind. I ha, Can I, can I tell a little uh, sure. BTS? You want to embarrass so, yourself? Sure. Go ahead. Share so the story. We were, so when we were. You should probably follow it up with the meat tooth. <laughs> I got to get my meat tooth fixed at some point. Anyway, um. When we were on the ski day, when you were filming for Real Housewives um, 
season one. Season one. Yeah. Ski and you, day. You that was taken, like episode three or four, I think. Yeah. You had taken everybody skiing up to Snowbird and you invited me so generously and it was so fun. Um, but you, man, you were so sick. Like you had the full blown flu. Full, probably had COVID uh, back in the day. I mean, zero. it was 2019, but still. Patient zero. Yeah. yeah. I was and so sick. You were so sick. Threw up in the bathroom. I wonder if you did have COVID. But I was only sick for like, was I sick for a long time? I can't remember. It's such a fog. I mean, I woke up that morning. My friend Kelsey went and bought me because I was getting ready for all the guests. Mm -hmm. My friend Kelsey brought me Sudafed and like loaded me up. Yeah. With tons of stuff. And then I threw up because I think oh, I, I couldn't yeah. eat. I couldn't breathe. Oh, we, we were like trying to get you to eat snow on the mountain because you were so sick and dehydrated. Oh like, and you were just like, no. And I'm I not remember like stuff. glam came and I couldn't even like lift my head for glam. And then I had to go do that dinner and debate the two oh, thumbs up. Oh my gosh. Yes. Hours long dinner. But we had a little break um, like right after we had gotten off the mountain. We were waiting to go to the dinner. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? And you were like, I need a drink. And, and Dre started singing the praises oh, of this beloved drink. I was drink. like, I know what you need. Listen, you need a hot toddy. You've got a cold. The whiskey is going to like help you, knock it out. I'm going to just stop you right there, but go ahead. And S spin your tail. <laughs> it's going to be, it is, it will cure what ails you. Thank like you. it is going to be amazing. You may have mentioned whiskey. But I don't believe you mentioned whiskey. Just I probably hot didn't toddy actually. It's going to heal you immediately. I love them. I love getting them after it's, I ski. Yeah, Look, it's going to smiling see, right I, now I'm, as I'm, I'm like describing. I'm literally going to go home tonight and make one. So sick. I'm I'm going to. And so you have to know that, like, I'm not naive, but like I also trust Dre, which I shouldn't, obviously. And she's saying hot toddy, and I'm picturing one of those delicious, like, cream filled, like Irish coffees, like a butter beer, a from hot Harry butter Potter. rum yeah. with some chocolate sprinkles, definitely whipped cream, like steam swirling up from a mug. I'm picturing like toddy. I'm thinking teddy bear, like teddy ruxpin. It's going to like be served with like a little cocoa sleeve and maybe some accoutrement. And so I, this one, I, and she's like, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And then this lady comes up. We order four hot toddies. <laughs> also, I had, like, a, I had a it? deep, it? deep paper cut on my thumb I would like to add that part okay and now let's go and was it you me and Whitney and who else was there Connie oh yeah Connie. Connie yeah 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 and you it was took... such a grown-up drink that I remembered Meredith being there but she wasn't it's like it's a it was like Dre transformed into Meredith for a second and said a hot toddy will heal you and I thought whatever you say I believe order so, one Meredith Marks knows all but no I was not her in that moment and I led you astray because you literally took one sip. No, no, no. It, it happened before they even brought it. They brought down clear <laughs> mugs with like lemon and like kind of this brown dishwater. And I was like. So for those of you that don't know, a hot toddy is just hot water, lemon, honey, and a shot of whiskey. Chef so kiss. how about so good. you could also get this by buying the honey Robitussin, putting it in a paper cup and eating it in your microwave. Hey, but this is what I mean. Who it wants cures, some hot cough medicine? It cures what ails you. It's and it's delicious. I don't, I don't but care what I you say. I saw you bringing it over and I thought this can't be right, but I'm going to try it. I squeezed some lemon in. The lemon got in my paper cut uh -huh. and was burning. Mm -hmm. I was sick. I had no hope for anything because I now I had a hot toddy and a burning paper <laughs> cut with lemon juice. And I thought, I'm dissolving my partnership with Dre. <laughs> 
hey, listen, I know you're not sitting this one out. I'm not sitting this one out. We're going to have to agree to disagree on Agree this to disagree one. on the hot toddy. And let's be thankful that these are the things we disagree about. Exercise and hot toddy. Yeah, truth. <laughs> it would destroy a marriage, but somehow our business partnership and friendship remains. Because we agree that lips change lives lips change lives i am going to go home tonight and make a hot toddy and i just had the thought that i don't have whiskey but shout out to the house bears who brought me some whiskey like a couple months ago and it's been in our office i'm gonna take it home because i know you're not gonna drink it i'm not right i am not but i i'm not i was trying to think of uh something funny i could say i'm gonna go home and put in pop in an aerobics video but I'm going to go home and watch a YouTube on calisthenics. <laughs> that would see, I'm going to lean into, I'm going to go home, watch my shows and not exercise at all. I love that. And probably not clean my room, which I'm going to tell you I have to leave so I can clean my room. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. You do you. Well, okay. So I think one of my New Year's resolutions this year is going to agree to disagree more and be a little bit more open-minded and more and diversify the people that I have around me, because I don't want to be just one singular mind that just has a bunch of yes people around. You don't want to be a part of the algorithm. You want to be a part no. of the collective. Yeah. I want to see what else is out there. And truly that, I mean, the things that I've learned the most or the, the best things that I've learned are the things that surprise me. You know what I mean? That I didn't see coming. So, well, when I was, um, I think a freshman or maybe sophomore at BYU, I was taking an English writing course with this wonderful professor who later got, uh, what's it called when they kick you out of BYU for being a woman and smart? Oh, uh (laughs) what's that called? Yeah, untenured. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's called the patriarchy. This is just how long ago this was. Like this is we were just at the forefront of kind of like world music and like sure, and and we were at BYU, you know. And I thought I was like so open minded, and I wrote this essay on life is not a melting pot. It's a tossed salad. Okay. And how we all had individual roles and mm-hmm. flavors and parts. And I was just about to say, look for the cre- cheese croutons. Look for a little <laughs> sprinkle of toasted, salted pumpkin seeds. Yes. Look for some spice in your tossed salad friendship groups. Love and that. realize that no one wants to just eat lettuce. No one wants to eat just tomatoes. Mm-hmm. You know, you. but when you put them all together. Yes. You know. Without some crunch, without some croutons, without a little bite of the feta, it's not as delicious. So true. And you need all the elements. Acid, heat, fat, salt, right? Yes. But can we agree that sometimes there are elements that do not belong in a salad? Absolutely. Like racism? Racism. Never Misogyny. Misogyny. Body shaming. Yeah. Anything that can't be changed. Yep. (laughs) You know? Totally. Yep. I don't like an anchovy, even in my Caesar salad. I don't like fish sauce. Yeah. On a lot of things. Yeah, same. But I love it in my Putinesca. We, we can agree on that. Thank you, Heather. Top Chef Karen Kunowitz, <laughs> for teaching me that little... Oh, yeah! Uh, you had a little... It gives your pasta umami. That was so fun. I loved watching that. That was way fun. And also, to anyone that thought I didn't hold my own, I was sick as a dog in that episode of season one. Oh, you, I like... I vomited, that... then I still skied too fast for the camera guys to even capture me skiing. I thought, well, that was a waste. They're like, we couldn't keep up. <laughs> Seriously, me and Whitney telling you to eat the snow. We're like, Heather, you need to hydrate. Eat the snow. You are true pioneer women, keeping me alive. Whitney shredded that day. Oh, she was such a good I had never been snowboarding with her before, and I was so impressed. That yeah, was she's so awesome. She's so good. She looks great in this upcoming episode, too. I love her outfit. I can't yeah. wait to watch it. You're going to love it. 
Well, okay. Yeah, good. Thank you for like helping me unpack my. <laughs> yeah, Dre, you sound like a bigot. You sound like a person that just keeps. Because that's the problem is you're like, well, I'm selective. But that's what bigots say too. I know. Like, it's I only true. hang out with beautiful blonde women, like these alpha males, like because I'm selective and yeah. elite. No, it's because you're intolerant. Well, and, and it goes back to also like that you know fine line between judgment and discernment and like we always want to err on the side of discernment yeah I did get up from a conversation with people that I I felt like I'd invested enough time with and it was so unpleasant for me that I just I quietly under the table ordered an uber and then just bid everyone farewell and left yeah and one friend walked me out but I and I didn't even I didn't say anything like yeah that was not for me. I was just like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And yeah. I felt like my internal, I was just like, I am not. But that's sitting it out, right? Yeah. That, I sat you, it you out. I didn't said, want this it. is inappropriate. I don't like this or whatever. No. But, yeah. yeah. I tried to take a stand like once or twice, but I just thought this is not worth anyone's. It's Christmas too. Right. Right. You know, so let's. Yeah. Plus they were just weird. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, folks, you know who you are because I bid you all farewell quite quickly. <laughs> okay. Well, um. Okay, I have a beauty lab blessed. Oh, yay. We're sure. going back to some semblance of structure, right? Yes, I love structure. Okay, so I just wanted to read a little review um, that one of our glorious beauty labbers left for this us. This podcast is sponsored by Beauty Lab Laser. Yeah, thank you for AKA your generous us. sponsorship. AKA <laughs> our paychecks pay for this. <laughs> Someday we're going to have have sponsors and merch. I don't know. Um Okay. Well, BetterHelp is a sponsor, aren't they? Well, we have a partnership with them. Yes. Yes. Yes, they do. Partnership with BetterHelp. Yeah. 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 If anybody wants a great Elon discount Elon Musk on... is just one phone call away. <laughs> great therapy. It's on our website. Okay. Um, so the, a beauty lab left this review on our Google reviews a few weeks ago. And it's just a little shout out to Natalie, our girl Natalie. So uh, they said, I go to Natalie for laser hair removal and she is incredible. She's professional on time, but makes it fun and comfortable. One appointment, I was getting multiple areas done and we were just chatting away. Just as I was leaving the parking lot, the front desk called and said that she had forgotten an area and asked if I could come back so she could finish. I didn't even realize that we had skipped an area and I was blown away by the honesty. You won't find that anywhere else. So I know hey. it gave me all the feels because I was like, that is our team. Like, yeah, we will chase you down. Yeah. Like, and I, I can just see it because Natalie is great and she does, you know, you get talking to her and then it's like, they both obviously forgot that they yeah. had, you know, that they had the right armpit to do and or something like that. And the butthole in her defense yeah. is hard to forget. It's easy to forget. You know, you got to really look around for it. Just and kidding. I just love that. Like they called her and they're like, wait, come back. Come back. Come we back. were having too much fun and we forgot to do you know the right yeah, I love that. or whatever Good it was job, beauty so like we will always have your back 100 percent customer satisfaction yes which no other med spot ever guarantees but right. beauty lab does yep we do we do we do so anyway that that's that my that, little thank you kingdom at kingdom to state you can find natalie yes she's follow great. her come visit her and she if she forgets an- belly button to backside if she forgets an area don't worry she'll call you she'll call you and have you come in for a special private quick follow-up oh anyway that's great good yeah. job nat i know so um all right well do you have anything else to say no just i have nothing just that the lab loves i you. have nothing 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 that was whitney houston i love it i'm just i forgot how we end well the lab loves you remember yeah, remember that. Remember that not only does Natalie love you and chase you down <laughs> to the parking lot, but the lab loves you. And life is short. 
by the lips. I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm engaged. I'm getting married. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my, my. <laughs> oh, so, oh, my. And that's your engagement ring, huh? Yes, yes. We got it at a flea market outside of Rome. The guy we bought it from said it was at least 100 years old. Wow. So, Dad, stop it. Say something. I'm sorry, what did you say? Dad, I met a man in Rome, and he's wonderful and brilliant, and we're getting married. Mom, what's he doing? George. <laughs>